This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, my name is Eric Holmquist, and I lead the Enterprise Risk Advisory Practice within CAPCO, which is a global consulting firm specializing in risk management, compliance, and business transformation within the financial services industry. This podcast is related to an article that I wrote that was recently published in the RMA Journal talking about risk management and business strategy. I'll be highlighting a few key points from the article in that this is a topic that's really front and center with banks right now. Obviously, it's critical to understand that risk management and strategy are not two separate things. They're two braids of the same rope. So in this podcast, I'm going to highlight some of the key elements from this article where we talk about aligning these two concepts. Now, obviously, it's critical to have an up-to-date strategic plan, you know, one that describes the bank's future state, you know, three, four, five years out, you know, and outlines some key objectives that will get the bank to that future state, supported by specific initiatives within various business units. And it certainly documents some introspection about the bank's strengths and weaknesses, how it differentiates itself, and what obstacles may come in the way of the pursuit of those objectives. So all these go together to help inform you know, who the bank is and who they're becoming, and to some extent, how they're going to get there. Now, risk management cannot be an afterthought. It simply has to be an integral part of this process. And there are a couple of reasons why this is often neglected or downplayed within the planning phases itself. Number one, people to some extent want to trust their instincts. They struggle with the idea of having to have structure around risk assessments when they know that they've been doing this a long time and they know how to manage these types of initiatives. Number two, There's a reality that if people have to talk about the risks associated with these objectives or initiative, it could be seen as tarnishing what is otherwise perceived as a pretty good idea. Uh, Third, look, assessing risk of change can simply put be difficult. And fourth, most assessments discussions tend to focus on the obvious risks. In reality, the things that can often derail a strategy are things that you really fail to consider. Now, these factors are partially structural, but they're mainly cultural. In other words, they're largely about tone, both in terms of what is safe and what is expected. The problem becomes even more acute when the bank knows that something just has to change. They need a new revenue stream. They need new additional product offerings. They're feeling competitive pressures. And this can unfortunately lead to kind of an it doesn't matter, we have to do it mentality, which is obviously problematic from a risk manager standpoint. But it all comes down to risk appetite and tolerance and the bank's willingness to be honest and transparent about the capacity for risk that it has. So how do we move from more intuition when it comes to risk management to more about facts? Now, from a human development standpoint, we as a race have an incredibly long history of learning to adapt to our environment. In fact, it is this adaptability that makes us the dominant species on our planet. We do all this through fast thinking mechanisms in our brain, which makes us extraordinarily good at adapting, but which unfortunately makes us spectacularly bad at assessing things. We simply can't get past a long line of assumptions and biases. 
So the way we get around this is we have to create structured processes which force us to slow down, think things through, and ferret out some of the deep assumptions that we hold on to, which when faced in the harsh light of day may turn out to be incredibly suspect. Now, all strategy is based on a discrete set of assumptions, whether these are articulated or not. So to consider the risk associated with any given strategy, it's critical that we get in touch with what are those assumptions. And this is because risk always, always lies in the assumptions. Some examples might be that a new loan product will be popular and in demand, that a new business unit or branch location will be profitable, that an acquisition will see high retention rates, even net new customers, that we can offer a product that is substantially more attractive than what our competition offers, that we can provide service that is unparalleled. I mean, these are very, very common assumptions we see every day, but are they accurate? In fact, these all sound good on a bumper sticker, but in truth, they don't always play out the way we thought or assumed they would. So how do we structure a balance between thinking about the benefit, the cost, and the risk when thinking about any initiative or strategy? Now, assessing risk is hard, and it's no more so when talking about strategy. And let's face it, people get really tired of the risk manager's siren song, what could go wrong? Look, I get that. And to some extent, we do have to ask that. But we want to have a little bit more balanced approach that helps us think some of these things through without just the gruesome what could go wrong constantly being in our face. First of all, it all starts with tone and how expectations are managed. We have to create a tone that says it's okay to talk openly about the strategy and how it could deviate from the expected results. It's okay to talk about what could go wrong. Look, there is power in knowledge and forewarned is forearmed. Second, we have to create a common framework or a template which prompts key questions in all three of the areas about benefit, about cost, and about risk. So some examples. How will this be, change be perceived in the marketplace? You know, how will this integrate with other products and services that we have? What are our alternatives? What if we don't do it? And on and on. And, and the list can be quite long. And again, it's really up to the individual institution to think about what's the right sort of basket of questions that the business needs to be asked that helps them and to some extent really forces them to think through a very holistic view of benefit, cost, and risk. And again, this conversation has to be tied to risk appetite levels. You not only have to define what the risks are, you have to be at a place where those risks are considered acceptable. If you can't get there, you probably need to rethink the initiative. Now, your risk management function or, or people can play a key role in this in helping to ensure that there's a balanced approach to strategic planning. Uh, number one, helping with a framework. You know, helping to create tools that support the business process for considering risk associated with strategy, which provides a standardized approach. And this depersonalizes it. It also ensures that business units are asking the right question to facilitate. You know, look, they can be uh, Switzerland in this and be able to ask questions uh, that people can work through because the reality is that oftentimes people are uncomfortable with this area. They're unfamiliar with this idea of getting down to what are the key risks. 
And this is where somebody that can help facilitate the discussion can really help people get down to those root assumptions and the subsequent conclusions about the potential risks. And certainly they can play that challenge role. And this can be done in such a way that by saying, you know, look, have you thought about fill in the blank, which challenges, but in a productive way. In the end, you know, what we want to do is make sure that we're supporting messaging that risk management isn't about no, it's about yes, if. So to summarize this, transparency and accountability are the key. If you're not committed to those, none of this really matters. Structure supports process and giving people a good clear roadmap to get there will go a long way in getting people engaged. Now the context for this is always risk appetite and tolerance. Again, if these aren't defined, you've, you've got a bigger problem. And finally, this should be obvious, but risk management doesn't stop when the planning process ends. There needs to be a living, breathing process for continually evaluating whether the strategy that's being executed is continuing to meet the goals of the plan within the parameters that were agreed to within the planning process. Now, for more information, please refer to the article that was in the November issue of the RMA Journal, and feel free to contact me with any additional thoughts or questions. My contact information can be found at the end of the article or by contacting the Risk Management Association. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcasts. Whether you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, if you enjoy our podcasts, please provide a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.